Hey, sweet friends, this is Andrea, and I'm your host for Inspire on the Go. I'm excited about the chance to talk about life, ministry, and our relationship with Jesus. I can't wait to see what God has in store. So grab a cup of coffee and join the conversation. Hey, hey, everybody. I hope that you're doing really well today. We have had quite a week here in Arkansas. We had lots of snow. I know many of you were without power and water, and we continue to pray for our friends in Texas and other parts of the nation who are struggling to recover from this intense storm. Um, my heart is with you. Our prayers are with you, and um, we're, we're, we're fighting with you and for you. So hang in there, hang on, and um, let us know if you need anything. Okay, so we are in week seven of our study on the life of Abraham. And I trust that God is meeting you at your greatest point of need. He's so faithful to do that and speaking truth into your life. I, I love that about God and how he uses his word. He, he does pursue us so intentionally and so purposefully and so beautifully and, and with such a caring and loving heart. You know, I just, I just want us to celebrate that truth together that God meets us where we are. He speaks truth into our life and he calls us forward. And we see that demonstrated time and time and time again through the life of Abraham that, yes, Abraham blew it. Yes, Abraham had his struggles. Yes, Abraham, um, you know, compromised and he failed to believe and he gave up on the promise, but God was ever faithful. And, and that encourages me. And so wherever you are, maybe you're in a struggle, maybe you're in an overwhelming situation, maybe you've given up. Up on God, or maybe you've given up on yourself, or maybe you've given up on um, the community, which is the local church. Maybe you've just given up and you've thrown in the towel. Just know that God has not given up on you, and that even today offers an opportunity for you to reset and for you to be marked by God. That's what we're going to see in Genesis chapter 17, is that a life that trusts God is marked by God. And that is that call of sanctification, that we can become more like him, that we can live like him, that we can look like him, that we can reflect him to a lost world. And I don't know if you remember at the begin, beginning of 2021, we talked about our word for the year, and I shared with you that my word is faith. And one thing that I said at the beginning of 2021 is that I wanted to learn how to live to God, with God, for God, and through God. And today's passage really highlights that opportunity that every single day we have the opportunity to live to God, with God, for God, and through God. And that leads to a life that is marked by God. And, and I want to just kind of jump into the middle of where I believe God's leading us this week, which is we really need to focus on inward change and ask God to, to do a sanctifying work in our life that he would change us from the inside out. Obviously, what we're going to see in Genesis chapter 17 is that God changes Abram's name from Abram to Abraham and that he gives a sign of the covenant, which is going to be circumcision. Both of those were outward changes, but they represented an inward reality or an inward resolve or an inward change. And so that truth just highlights the need within our daily walks to be ever focused on inward change that is demonstrated in outward actions or realities in the Christian walk, especially I think if you grew up in the church and if you grew up maybe in my um, age bracket, which I'm 44, I'm almost 45, 
we, I think, grew up in a time where there was so much focus on the outside. Like what, how did you act, you know, and what boxes did you check? And did you have all of your spiritual ducks in a row? And, and there's a place for that. I think it's very important for us to live a disciplined life and for our actions and our attitudes to line up. And we, we, we recognize that, but but it doesn't start on the outside, it starts on the inside. And so today we're gonna to talk about the inside realities that lead to a life that is marked by God. And one thing that I think is so beautiful is that we see this reality of inward change that results in an outward action or an outward attitude all the way back in Genesis chapter 17. This is not a Old Testament versus New Testament thing. Faith has always been God's economy. Transformation has always been God's economy. It is demonstrated differently in the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, God gave them the promised land, which was a piece of land that they could touch, that they could see, that they could possess. In the New Testament, we have an inward reality that is our promised land uh, through the fruit of the Spirit, that we can have love and joy and peace and patience and goodness and kindness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control, even as we walk through our time here on this earth. And so in the Old Testament, God revealed himself and God worked in outside intangible ways. In the New Testament, we see that God works in inside and um, spiritual ways, but it's always been on the landscape or on the canvas of faith. So it's beautiful. God's work in our life, it is beautiful and it is deep and it is meaningful and it is purposeful and it is always, always, always leading to a life that is reflecting God's glory and that is intentional in God's purposes and his plans. And so what we're gonna see this week is that trusting God leads to a life that is marked by God as we live to him, with him, for him, and through him. Lord, we love you so much, and we thank you for this day. We thank you for this week. We thank you for this opportunity to open your word in Genesis chapter 17, and we ask you to speak truth. Lord, we trust you to speak truth, God, and we, 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 we want to be challenged. We want to be changed. So Lord, as we look at this passage and as we unpack it together, may we be challenged to live a life that is fueled by an inward relationship with you that results in outward actions and attitudes that demonstrate you. And we pray this and we, we, we claim this as our right and our privilege as believers in Jesus Christ. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Okay, so we're in week seven. And as we look at the life of Abraham, we are in Genesis chapter 17. We should not be surprised that God is going to continue to show up on the scene of Abraham's life and to continually um, reaffirm the promise. We want to remember that God is a promise maker and he is a promise giver keeper. As I was preparing for our time um, of this video, God was just laying it on my heart to just remind you of that, that he is a promise maker and he is a promise keeper. When we know that truth, we are called into a deeper trusting relationship with God where we are relying on him. We are looking to him. We are dependent upon him, knowing that he is willing and able to make a way for us. And so, um, we, we really want to celebrate together and we want to proclaim the promises of God that he is a promise maker and that he is a promise keeper. This week, we're going to focus on what it looks like to be all in with God. And, you know, 
I say all the time as I'm teaching either at a live event or maybe a, a video series or writing something for a blog or for a magazine, um, that, that God, through Jesus, he demonstrated that he's all in with us and that every single day we have the opportunity to respond by demonstrating we are all in with him. So today in Genesis chapter 17, as we unpack this encounter between God and Abram, who is soon going to be Abraham, we actually see what it looks like to be all in with God. And we're going to, we're going to discover four, um, you know, realities, four inward realities that lead to a life that is all in with God, that results in a life that is marked by God. So I'm excited about this. I'm excited about what we're going to see and how practical this lesson is going to be for our everyday life. This gets into the nitty and the gritty of life. So between Genesis 16, which remember in Genesis 16, we left Abram in a mess with Hagar, Ishmael, and Sarah in that uncomfortable and difficult dynamic between those um, three adults and one child. And we were reminded that sin always has consequences, that sin is never contained, and that life is broken and sometimes messy, and that that even happens within our most cherished and trusted relationships. And so uh, we're going to see that about 13 to 14 years pass between Genesis 16 and Genesis 17. And this is 14 years of waiting for Abraham. It's 14 years of wondering for Abraham. And it's 14 years of navigating. So I want us to talk just a little bit about that. Because remember, we have to remember that... These are real people who were living in real time and that, man, they didn't know the end of the story whenever they were living it out. They couldn't turn the page and read the next chapter. So they had to have faith and they had to have trust and they had to have belief. But, but at the same time, we need to see that in the midst of their not knowing, in the midst of their confusion and their struggle and their mess ups, God was ever faithful to be showing up on the landscape of their life and speaking truth. And that should help us as we think about our mess ups and our struggles and our, you know, limited vision when it comes to what God's doing in the midst of our brokenness and our pain. And so, you know, Abraham's may be wondering, he may be questioning, he may be wondering, you know, what is God's plan from here? Now that I messed this up, what is God's plan from here? He may be wondering, did I blow it? And God's plan no longer applies to me. He may have been wondering, can Ishmael be that child of the promise? Can he be the one that God blesses and that God honors? Maybe Abram was wondering, how can I navigate the challenging dynamic of Sarah, Hagar, and Ishmael? Because you know that challenge and that dynamic did not go away. And so Abram is just uh, once again, living his life when God shows up in Genesis chapter 17 and appears to him and calls him to do something very specific, which I'm going to go ahead and tell you is circumcision, which was an outward sign of an inward reality. And as he tells him to circumcise himself, circum circumcise Ishmael and circumcise all the men who are in his you know, family and possessions, God is also communicating that with this outward sign of circumcision comes some inward resolves and some inward realities. And that, my friends, is what we're going to focus on today. And so let's pick up 
And let's look at Genesis chapter 17, and we're going to see from the very first verse, the very first inward sign of change. Genesis 17, starting in verse 1, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him. All right, so 99 years old. This, this process has been going on for a long time. If you are in a struggle and it's just like it is going on for a long time, or if you're waiting for God to move and it is going on for a long time, let that opening statement minister to you. Abram was 99 years old whenever God appeared to him. And this is what God said. I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. So this is our first inward sign that we are called to be blameless. Now, I want to talk just a little bit about this, this word blameless. It communicates the idea of being called to being faultless before God. And obviously, the way that we are faultless before God is by placing our faith in Jesus so that his righteousness becomes our righteousness. And then as the Holy Spirit resides in us, we're able to walk in um, the righteousness of Christ as we um, demonstrate the difference that Jesus makes in our life. But we see a high calling on our lives as believers in Jesus Christ to be blameless, be faultless. And, and that's always been God's heart for his children to pursue holiness. Uh, and when we talk about holiness, we're talking about being set apart and spiritually pure. So that's God's heart for you. In the middle of your challenging circumstance, in the middle of your overwhelming situation, in the middle of your waiting season, do you want to know God's plan for you? It is for you to be holy because he is holy. It is for you to be blameless. It is for you to be faultless. It is for you to be pursuing righteousness in that moment. It is always right to focus on having a right heart, a right attitude, a right action, a right, a right response. And friends, that can be so hard in the middle of a fallen world with a sinful flesh and with a desire to immediately gratify our own flesh. It's just hard. And so we've got to recognize that as we pursue the Lord and as we walk in obedience and faith, the call to blamelessness is on God's heart for us. So right now in the middle of your situation, what would it look like for you to be blameless? What would it look like for you to be faultless? What would it look like for you to have a heart that is so in tune with God that you're looking to him and you're reflecting him. I think the, the words here that God used in this encounter with Abraham are so poignant. I want to point out to you, number one is that God said, walk before me. So what that helps me do in the midst of my challenging circumstances where I'm having to really focus on walking with a blameless heart is to keep my eyes on him instead of on everything else. God said to Abram, you walk before me. Abram, you make me your focus. And as we make him our focus, then we're drawn into relationship with him and we're responding out of our relationship with him. So that's, that's helpful to us because if we put our eyes on everything and everyone and all the other challenges, then we're drawn into reflecting those challenges. We're drawn into reflecting our responses or our feelings or our thoughts about those challenges. But when we walk before God, 
Whenever our eyes are on him, we are positioned to reflect him. So that's very important. So we're called to be blameless. And then we're called to walk before God in blamelessness, in holiness, in truth. Now, I want you to see what God, how God introduces himself in Genesis chapter 17, verse 1. He says, I am God Almighty. This is the first time that God uses that name for himself. And it is El Shaddai. And what El Shaddai means is the Lord Almighty. And I just think some of us need to proclaim that truth over our circumstances and over our situations that we serve El Shaddai, God Almighty, the, the one who is sufficient, the one who is mighty, the one who is powerful, the one who can accomplish his purposes according to his will and according to his timetable. That's who we're walking with. That's who we're walking to. That's who we're walking for. And that's who we're walking through. I just think that's beautiful. Like we've got to remember our focus here. We've got to remember who centers us down. And so um, at the beginning of this entire conversation between God and Abram, God is establishing himself as the center of Abraham's life. God is establishing himself as almighty and powerful and sufficient and able. And in response to that, he is telling Abram, be blameless, be holy, be set apart, be pure. And I think it's so amazing that God shows up and that that's the first thing he said. Because if there was anything that we can take from Genesis chapter 16, it is that Abram, he wasn't blameless. He wasn't holy. He wasn't spiritually pure. He wasn't faultless before God. And yet, God's Mercies are new every single morning. Great is his faithfulness. Do you need to hear that today? You haven't blown it. You're not without hope or help. Even if you're challenging in a situation that's challenging and you're wondering how to navigate it, God is showing up and he is saying, I will be your El Shaddai. I will be God Almighty, in the midst of your situation, you put your eyes on me and you walk before me blameless. It's beautiful, friends. An inward sign, number one, we are called to be blameless. See what, let's see what help happens next. So God goes on to say, I will confirm my covenant between me and you, and you will greatly increase in numbers. Abram fell face down and God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. And so you see that God is hitting the accelerator button on this process. We see some significant movement here as God says, you're no longer called Abram. Now you're called Abraham. In the Old Testament, names were synonymous with works of God. And so whenever God was changing Abram's name, it was, it was a stake in the ground. It was like, we're moving on in this process. The name Abram meant high father. And, and, and that was his name for, many, for 99 years. But now God is saying, now your name is going to mean father of a multitude. And so that was significant to Abraham because now God's saying, not only am I going to do this thing, which is I'm going to make you the, the father of many people, of many nations, 
I'm gonna give you that name. Now that's how you're going to be known by me and that's how you're gonna be known by others. I just wonder, you know, as we think about our lives and our realities, you know, I, I, I'm so thankful that God sees us through the righteousness of Christ and that when he looks at us, he sees redeemed, he sees freed, he sees forgiven, he sees holy, he sees loved, he sees chosen, he sees a child who is valued, a child who is adopted. But friends, I just, I just wonder how you see yourself. I wonder if you were to give yourself a name, what would it be? Because let me tell you something, your heavenly father gives you the name loved, chosen, adopted, forgiven, redeemed. So just let that truth set in. And as that truth sets into our hearts, do you know what will happen? We will want to live blameless for him. That's the beauty of it. When we're in relationship with God, we want to do the things that bring him glory. We want to do the things that honor him. We want to do the things that reflect his work in and through our lives. So Abram is now Abraham, and he is going to be the father of many nations. Now, there's a series of I will statements that, that happen um, in the next portion of Genesis chapter 17. And these I will statements set the stage for Abraham's yes, Lord moment. So I want us to read these. So verse five said, no longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham for I will make you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings. I will come, uh, that will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between you and me, between your descendants after you in generations to come. So we see that God goes through these series of I will statements. And as he goes through these I will statements, he tells Abraham that I'm going to make you very fruitful. I'm going to make nations and kings of you. I'm going to establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant, and I will give you this land. So in response to that, in response to those I will statements, God then tells, starting in verse 9, Abraham what he is going to do. And this leads us to our second inward reality because this inward reality is going to lead Abram to demonstrate a commitment to God that is way beyond a surface level commitment. Does anybody here need that kind of challenge in the midst of their walk? Anybody here need to know that God's calling you deeper still in regards to your level of commitment with him. So let's go on and let's see um, verse nine. Verse nine, then God said to Abraham, as for you, you must keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you for the generations to come. This is my covenant with you and your descendants after you, the covenant you are to keep. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You are to undergo circumcision and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and you for the generations to come. Every male among you who is eight days old must be circumcised, including those born in your household or bought with money from a foreigner. Those who are not your offspring, whether born in your household or bought with your money, they must be circumcised. My covenant is 
in your flesh is to be established as an everlasting covenant. Any uncircumcised male who has not been circumcised in the flesh will be cut off from the people because he has broken the covenant. So God was very clear that Abraham and all of his descendants who were male uh, would undergo circumcision. And I just wonder if that was a surprise to Abraham. I don't know. I don't know um, if he'd ever heard of that before or if he had any, you know, frame of reference as to what that was or what that meant or how that would impact moving forward. But I do know that it required a significant commitment on Abraham's part. And we're going to see in just a few minutes that he followed through on that. So we see that the first thing is that we have to be blameless. The second thing is that we have to be committed beyond a surface level type of commitment. And the third thing is that we have to be open because Abraham was then questioning, okay, so what does this mean for my descendants? What does this mean for Ishmael? What does this mean for the rest of my life? Because God said, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to provide, I'm going to provide a descendant. I'm going to provide um, descendants. I'm going to make you into a great nation. So verse 15, God also said to Abraham, as for Sarah, your wife, you will no longer call her Sarah. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations, king of peoples who will come from her. Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? And Abraham said to God, if only Ishmael might live under your blessing. Then God said, yes, but your wife, Sarah, will bear you a son and you will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. I will surely bless him. I will make him fruitful and greatly increase his number. He will be the father of 12 rulers and I will make him into a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you by this time next year. When he had finished speaking with Abraham, God went up from him. Okay, so the third thing that we have that we see in Abraham's conversation with God, and this is an inward reality that has huge ramifications for us, is that Abraham had to be open to God rearranging his life. And that in a sense, Ishmael would somewhat be included in the inheritance. And so this was a lot for Abraham to take in. Um, for him to digest in a very short period of time. And it just reminds us that we have to be open to God arranging and rearranging our life and our legacy according to his plans and purposes. And that sometimes the way that we would write the story doesn't always line up with how God writes the story. But ultimately, as we're open to God's plans and purposes, we will say, Lord, because of your I will statements, I will be with you. I am making a way for you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And certainly when we think about Jesus's I am statements in the New Testament, um, we will say, yes, Lord, to him 
and to his storyline over our storyline. And so we have to be open. The question that I have for you in your homework portion is this, do we trust God that he is good and that his plans are good even when they don't make sense? Like certainly this encounter with God in Genesis chapter 17 didn't necessarily make sense for Abraham. I mean, he's laughing in his heart, you know, when he's thinking about Sarah having a child because Sarah's womb was dead at this point, you know, and um, God was going to bring life from this dead womb, which again is such a picture of what's going to happen in the New Testament as Jesus comes out of a tomb alive. And so it's just a reminder that as we're, you know, willing to be open to God's plans and purposes, he has the big picture. He knows the story. He has a plan and we can trust him. So Pretty big encounter, lots of information there uh, between Abraham and God. So we see that there's the importance of being blameless, of being committed, and being open. Let's see the fourth and final inward sign that leads to a life that is marked by God. And that is that we are called to be obedient even when it doesn't necessarily make sense. So picking up in verse 23, on that very day, let me just sit in that statement for just a moment. On that very day, Abraham took his son Ishmael and all those born in his household or bought with his money, every male in his household and circumcised them as God had told him. Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised and his son Ishmael was 13. Abraham and his son Ishmael were both circumcised on that same day. And every male in Abraham's household, including those born in his household or bought from a foreigner, were circumcised on that day. So we see that there is a, an immediate need for obedience, not only in Abraham's situation, but also in our situation. And whenever we say, yes, Lord, our actions will demonstrate the work that God has been doing in our hearts and in our minds. Abraham, Ishmael, and every male in his family or possession, they were all circumcised. I can't imagine the confusion among Abraham's people on that day. They were probably thinking, what has happened? They may have even been wondering, has Abraham lost his mind? But God knew the importance of the circumcision process. God knew that Abraham and his descendants, and there were going to be a lot of them, that they needed an outward sign that would remind them of an inward reality. And that's the beauty of being marked by God, being marked in uh, being God's chosen child, his royal priesthood, his holy nation, a people belonging to God, a people displaying the difference that God makes in and through our lives. It reminds us Whenever we um, show up every single day and we say yes to him and maybe no to ourselves or we respond to how he's leading us and guiding us and prompting us, it reminds us that he is God and we are not. It reminds us that he has a plan and that every single day we have the privilege to be a part of his plan and a part of his purpose. That's what obedience does for us. It becomes an outward sign reminding us of an inward reality or an inward inheritance. We are the people of God. We're marked with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And as a result, we have an opportunity 
to respond rightly in every situation that we face as we demonstrate obedience and faith. So, what is our transforming truth this week? Trusting God leads to a life that is marked by God. What would it be like for us in the midst of our situation? And you know what situation you're facing that may be a challenging situation or circumstance. What would it look like, friends, for you to be marked with blamelessness, commitment, openness, and obedience? These inward realities these inward qualities lead to an outward expression that will be for us, yes, Lord, that will happen on this very day. You know, I've said it so many times, uh, and I really want it to be um, part of our, um, you know, just belief system, our core values here in the Girl on the Go community, and that is that every day is a faith adventure. Every day we get to wake up and we get to say, Lord, you're God and I am not. Every day we get to wake up and we get to say, Lord, here am I, send me. Every single day we get to wake up and we get to live to and with and for and through God and live according to his plans and his purposes. And the way that we do that, one of the ways that we do that is by focusing on these inward realities that lead to outward expressions of obedience and faith. So I'm gonna leave this with you here and then we'll talk about it this week in our time together. What does obedience look like for you? What does openness look like for you? What does commitment look like for you? And what does blamelessness look like for you? That's what God is putting before us this week in Genesis chapter 17. For Abraham, it looked like circumcision. For us, it's going to look like something else. It may be taking a meal to somebody in need. It may be sharing the gospel. It may be um, helping somebody in a parking lot. It may be inviting somebody to church. It may be sharing the gospel with somebody who doesn't know him. It may be keeping our mouth shut in a challenging situation and trusting God to take care of that situation. Um, you know, it may be giving, giving a situation or giving a circumstance or giving something to God and just saying, Lord, I don't know what to do with this thing, but I trust that you do. What does obedience look like? What does commitment look like? What does blamelessness look like? And what does openness look like? And as you put your yes, Lord, on the table on this very day, your life will be marked by God. I love you. I'm praying for you this week. And I can't wait to talk about these truths together. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. I hope today's episode helps you embrace the full free abundant life that God provides. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe to Inspire on the Go. If you would like more encouragement to help you grow in your faith, visit my website at andrealennonministry.org. Come back next time and enjoy another episode of Inspire on the Go.